I use conversational tempo to synchronize. What the f*** is going on down there? Hey, you're all prepared. You're all good to go. You're all set. You're all ready. I am very ready. Your abs, are you ready enough for me to tell you that we've actually already started the episode? Oh. Well, I think I started the episode. You're killing me here. Well, yeah, sure. Hey. I'm ready now. Yeah. Welcome to WTF at TFW, episode 565. It's symmetrical. Uh, I'm Chris. It's the odd number uh, episodes. We're in a post-Seth world. Even though Seth's still with us, he's fine. Go follow him on Seth Payne's Minis on Instagram. Uh, he's kicking ass. He already did a freaking cool contrast paint experiment on a Plague Marine. Go check that out. Uh, so Seth's seat, I've decided, is just gonna it's going to rotate a lot. I've decided it's never going to be bolted down. It's always going to be spinning. Uh, perhaps I should warn people if they have motion sickness. Joining me today... A uh, longtime friend of the show. We've talked about him before. Graham S. Layershoop is with me here. Again, you're uh, just going to keep doing this joke? <laughs> uh, no, that was a new one. I uh, said the S was your initial. Uh, oh, this is Graham. Yeah. This is, this is uh, Graham. This is Slayer's Hoop on Twitter. This is uh, the mastermind of electronic dysfunction. Indeed. Uh, this is a, a guy who uh, knows what race cars do and also what airplanes do. What both uh, of those machineries do. Yeah, which makes you technically superior to Aaron. Uh, you're kind of like a new Aaron. Not technically, actually superior to Aaron. Whoa! <laughs> and not to mention uh, that with this current setup, this podcast is now 100% uh, Asian. Yes. We finally fixed it. Whoa! I see, oh, that was a bit much. Whoa. That was a bit much. Whoa, that was whoa a bit much. Chris. Really, really throwing that one out there. Hey. <laughs> and I thought you know? my Aaron critique was harsh. I had to I had to escalate. Uh, so this is this is the current approach for odd numbers. Is I just want to bring in people who are already you know people I know, people I've talked to. Uh, Graham, I talked to on the semi regular because Graham's in my regular online gaming uh, group. Uh, whenever people can actually get me to go into a game, which sometimes takes a few weeks, but you know when yeah. it happens, Graham's usually there. Yeah, usually, and you know what with the what, with the multiple in person meetings as well. Yeah, that too. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is what you, what you all can look forward to with Odd Number is it's just, it's the flex slot, as I'm calling it. Um, there's going to be just rotating chair stuff. We might have the even guys in here to do something actually I would like to do with them in one of these fairly soon to deal with a certain backlog that we've got called mm. the listener question queue. Because oh. um, that's fairly big. We're going to do at least one of those, by the way. So I, I found one that didn't say, hey, even team, because I figured that would be super uncomfortable. It would. Um, and what would the uh, you know, first episode that I'm a part of, at least? Yeah, that's right. I'd swear you've been in a TFCon recording, but I can't remember anymore. It was the one where we were yelling at Aaron about Extra Life and trying to right. keep him awake. Ex okay, so yeah, you, everyone already knows. This is it's all good. It's all good. I was in uh, one of your reviews, too. Yeah, that's the one I, I, I was going to pointedly say. That's not what I'm thinking of, because I know that's a video. <laughs> uh, that's different. But, uh, hey, you know, it's, uh, what is it? It's <clears throat> June. It's the summer. We're moving towards TFCon, where Graham will not be. But uh, this is almost as good. Almost, yes. <laughs> it's almost as good as being able to go to TFCon instead of having to work. That's right. Gets to, on a Sunday afternoon where you are, record on Discord briefly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
while I, you know, cut all the hamstrings of any kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, formality. I was going to, yeah, formality. <laughs> I was going to say precedence, but that doesn't make any sense. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Transformers. We're going to start off with what we got on topic this week. Although, the, really, the this week is becoming a very soft thing at this point. <laughs> it's more like what on topic we got that we want to talk about that we can think of. Because here's the thing. In my case, I, I don't have anything new on topic. All right? I looked again. Uh, Silver Snail, the comic shop, have they, they got back in one of each of Starscream and Soundwave for 50 plus tax each Canadian dollars. I still don't want to pay that for Siege Voyagers, unfortunately. Like, they look good. Uh, but I would really rather pay less than 50 bucks before, before tax. So I, I, I've been trying, I've been checking Dufferin Mall. Uh, I'm sure the drought will end, uh, as soon as TFCon happens and someone is convinced to buy one of those toys for like 45 bucks in the dealer room, then they'll all show up. So we've got to find some sucker. Well, speaking of siege voyagers that you don't want to pay $50 for, also, I stole that idea. That I got to come clean. I stole that that whole notion from our mutual pal Ray, uh, who is the one who said it yesterday. That someone's <laughs> got to break the seal. Uh, it's going to be honest there, but yeah, great. Did you get Siege Voyagers of some kind? Over I in did. I have America. Both, I have both Starscream and Soundwave. Oh boy! So Starscream. I know too much about these toys, given yeah. how much I've never touched either of them. <laughs> Starscream to uh, just talk about him real quick. I really like him. His uh, his chest panel's a real bummer about that yep. thing just falling off constantly. I really like there the is, vehicle mode. There is no version with a pin is the last thing I've heard. Like the notion that there are there's some kind of like factory fix with a pin in there. I've heard that there's no proof that actually exists. It's such a weird, weird situation. Yeah. But uh, I really like uh, the redesign they did on his Null Rays, too. Um, his vehicle mode's really good. I like the transformation. It's kind of a clever use of the nose cone uh, mm -hmm. for robot mode. and He's just a really solid Voyager overall. Um, my one other problem besides his chest panel is the back panels on his legs. You have to physically collapse them yourself. You can't just, like, fold the leg and then push in. Oh. I'm I'm spoiled by Sentinel products. What can I say? Yeah, there's, there's no auto morphing uh, <laughs> calf collapse. What a piece of garbage! <laughs> so, uh. um, Soundwave, uh, I could possibly be in the minority here. I love his really stupid space truck mode. It turns out we're in the minority, Graham. Yeah. Uh, every time I talk about how much I like that alt mode, there's always someone who goes like, oh, good joke. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not joking. No, like, <laughs> it's great. I just imagined Soundwave being relegated to space cargo hauling, and it's the funniest thing to me. I just think it's, I, I look at him and Shockwave and the reflectors, I imagine them coming over the horizon line of some doomed planet, and I'm like, I think that's scary. I think yeah. that they are a scary group of spaceships. Especially Shockwave's mode, because, boy, is that thing a space battleship. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, the, uh, Soundwave's good, uh, his weird little gray pistol, I just, you know, slap right on his back and ignore its very existence. <laughs> Um, I, I, I saw something on the, um, I think the Repper Labels Facebook group, someone added some red paint to it, and it, it really changed how that thing looked, just like giving it some color to hmm. define what's what on it. I might have to do that later. Um, yeah, I don't know. I also got the Laser Beacon Ravage to go with him. Hey. And much like Masterpiece Soundwave, that Laser Beak's pretty impressive for a size, and that Ravage is just weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Apparently, apparently those are all over everywhere that's not within transit distance of me. Okay. So I've been hearing, been hearing about about them. Uh, I, I I mostly just am still loving that they're they're shields. That's what yes. they turn into. Uh, just very oblique cassette shaped shields. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Chonky Boy's real weird. I really like that laser beak though. He's chilling out on Soundwave's arm. Uh, that's mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Um, as far as uh, other things, I took advantage of the Hasbro Pulse uh, $5 off for answering their survey and uh, didn't pay full price for the World War II Bumblebee from Studio Series. I heard that's the way to do it with that toy. It is. He's got a very interesting robot mode, which is very shell formery, but I don't necessarily mind that at all. Um mm-hmm. His legs have a really cool way of forming themselves. Uh, basically, there's like a cage of parts that look like the suspension and brake pads for the vehicle that go around the wheel when you fold it into his leg, which looks pretty good. Hmm. Um, he's kind of backpack heavy, but it's kind of unavoidable with the vehicle mode they chose. Uh, really yeah. like the hammer and the blaster. And then when you turn him into vehicle mode, the blaster actually has a dedicated spinning turret mount for his blaster. And his hammer folds away into a gun that comes out of the front of the vehicle really interestingly. My big problem with this is I have messed with this thing so much and still can't get his arms to fold away so that I can actually make the roof go flush in vehicle mode. Man, I do not remember if I've heard that before. I'm I'm trying to remember now. There was something about that figure that everyone was running into, and I don't remember if it was that. That's probably it. I don't see any other major issues with the figure. Uh, he, yeah, he's very much just another Bumblebee with a slightly different vehicle. He looks incredible when yes. uh, when one does paint work onto his his vehicle mode, like adding to that kind of massive green. He does. And it's um, a very cool vehicle mode, all things considered, if it tapped together properly. But, you know, things are what yeah. they are. I, I remember I, I see I saw him. I used to see him for about two weeks at, at the closest Walmart, but they were not having any kind of sales. So I was like, mm. well, as far as I know, he's the least impressive figure in that wave that isn't a repaint. So I'm gonna wait, and then he just he sold out too. I was like, "What's going on? What's going on in this town?" <laughs> Everyone's just rolling over and accepting retail price now. <laughs> uh, uh, so as far but, as uh, I got two other things that are on topic, and they're both uh, third party. So ooh. Uh, first of all, we'll talk about Mastermind Creations Ocular Max Saltis. Saltus is a thing I'm really, if I have the cash, I'm really tempted to just like look for one at TFCon, even though I should like wait a little bit because that <laughs> so looks, it looks like what I want out of a Springer. I'll say this: um, I am oddly more impressed with Open and Play's uh, Springer. Mm. Uh, Mastermind Creations did a really good job on this. The vehicle modes are Springer's G1 Doofy vehicle modes. Um, What's really weird for me, at least in the vehicle modes, is one, he's got these uh, black tabs that fold out of the back of his legs to uh, stabilize Mm. the car mode. And for the life of me, I cannot fold those things out, even with like a flathead screwdriver. Oh, man. Like, it's to the point where I'm afraid I will break them or create some horrific tool mark on them. Do you do you know what kind of a hinge they're on? Like, are they pinned or is it? I have no idea, because you can't even see either end of the part, because it's embedded within the back of his leg. Cause I, my, my immediate thought, because I think I've hit, I don't remember a toy specifically, but I've hit similar problems like that, where I eventually figured out how to, like, drip a bit of shock oil into the moving part. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that might help, although it's you know since it's so buried in there, one wouldn't know if it's also potentially glue stuck or not. Yeah, and I think uh, I got them to fold out maybe once when I first got it, okay. but it was such a scary thing when I'm like, ah, I'm not doing that. Um, yeah. Uh, the only other problem I have with him because his transformation's really good. I like the way that the tail parts of the helicopter uh, fold out of his legs. That's really cool. Um, the only other problem is that he has two clips that are completely superfluous other than to mount his two weapons to his vehicle modes. I'm That's just what I heard here. from, uh, I heard that from, from P.O.D. Ben. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, I, I don't know what to do with these. I'm just going to leave them in the box. But he makes yeah. a very good uh, robot figure. I like his lance, even though I'll probably never display him with it. <laughs> but it's really cool. <laughs> it's It's pretty stinking big all things considered but uh he he cuts a really good figure um it it's just that i don't know there was something about open and plays big spring that was just a little more clicky with me if you will the yeah big spring if if it were not for that difficulty in locking the chest like that thing uh for its price and its arrival too like right before all these springers started to show up uh yeah i think it's it's never going to lose that spot it has. Like, it's kind of... Everything about it that's janky falls right in place with how much it costs as well. Right, yeah. Um, whereas exactly. with Saltus, like, like hearing about, you know, the 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 plug-on weapon mounts, it's like, I'm so... I, I don't even know what I think about those, really, because it's like, that doesn't bug me so much because I'm like, well, then I just won't mount the weapons on them. Yeah, like, but, when am I ever going to display those? <laughs> but also with Springer, like, specifically when there's nowhere to store the sword... Then it's it for him. It kind of sucks because you're like, well, this is the propeller. Yeah, it's ni- it's nice to not have to have this sitting off to the side. Chris, so I'm gonna go aviation nerd on you. It's the rotor blade. The 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 propelling rotor blade. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, how you say it. Yeah, basically <laughs> what I said. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what you said, right? I mean, we're also <laughs> pretending like helicopters are a real life vehicle. That's no, true. I was just curious what side of the coin you're going to fall on there. I'm well, very happy. see, see, the aerial vehicles I work on, their wings don't rotate, so uh, they're real. Yeah, they use aerodynamics to yeah. fly. See? You're learning. Yeah, that's right. Hey, listen, <laughs> I've been to SeaTac. Yep. I, uh, I, I, I went around the missing train because it's under construction. I know lots about airplanes. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on, the last on-topic thing I have to talk about is, uh, Fans Toys Road King, because, for those of you who don't know me, I must have everything Minnesota-related. So, Mm -hmm. uh, this is super impressive. I messed with some Fans Toys stuff before, and very much like Chris, I have the same feeling that it feels designed by committing, but this one definitely does not. Like, its transformation is unique, uh, really cool, and pretty intuitive once you get used to it, and, uh... It turns into a fantastic vehicle mode, a great robot mode. I'm just really disappointed that you're not going to see any of it in the combined mode. <laughs> I mean, the combined mode looks like an action figure that you slot those five guys into. It's a really nice display stand for your stun yep. <laughs> Uh But, uh, but yeah. yeah, so I, I've heard some people have issues with uh, getting the back tires from the trailer slotted into his chest uh for robot mode i have not had any of those issues uh it looks like one of those things where the clearance has to be just right or yeah for that to I, work. I think what doesn't help from what i've seen is that because they're they're you know flexible tires mm-hmm. 
it's even harder to kind of, you know, mathematics, not the right word, but it's a flexible piece of geometry that needs a lot of precision. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even temperature and humidity can affect how much that stuff moves or what shape it takes. So it, yeah. it really, really depends. But uh, yeah, I, I really like it a lot. He's got really good proportions. I like how they deal with all of the gigantic mess of trailer kibble that all folds up extremely nicely into a backpack. I, uh, I definitely want to pick up at least just Road King. Um, yeah. That's that's a definite also go to Chinese eBay where it'll be a lot cheaper for me. But <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Out of the three concurrent Menasaur projects going on right now, I still think DX9's the one that I'm most impressed with. Uh, mm -hmm. their, their Breakdown and Wild Rider right now are just fantastic they they do some really smart stuff with the transformation and form super clean vehicle modes too um but uh it remains to be seen uh how fansway does with the limb bots because there are very mm. specific things i need out of those especially drag strip and so they're let's... doing they're like like ian reed uh hard return.net's ian reed pointed out a really cool thing about at least their breakdown, um, which is that he's using the angles of the hood to form his calves. Yeah, I saw uh, that. That's, which is uh, which, pretty fascinating. Yeah, like like if the same person who worked on Road King is doing the individuals, like to me, it looks like the fans toys set is here are five stunicons who don't combine. Thus, the engineering is focused on doing their individual modes for like first and foremost. Mm -hmm. uh, and I say that with obviously like the leg robots don't quote-unquote combine in any of them because they just slot in to <laughs> slap them on call it but good. It, it it's kind of cool to me that the three concurrent masterpiece menasaur projects that are all going for some semblance of the animation models all have fairly distinct qualities yeah uh, it, it su sucks for the consumer obviously because it's hard to buy three menasaurs yes it is on a, yeah <laughs> i bought the transformation one too so you know this ain't cheap <laughs> and, and i mean i think the transformation one looks incredible and is completely separate from those three yeah uh, no, I, I love its that aesthetic one. goals i still want to pick that that's still the one i want to find a regret like loose complete copy mm -hmm. um that's that's my dream at a tfcon is just to see a complete fairly mint one in like a giant ziploc bag yeah the only thing i was super disappointed about on those is uh, on both of my leg bots the uh the roof um mounting point hinge rotation part uh sheared on both of them Luckily, ah, sucks. luckily, the retailer I bought them from was super cool and just replaced them for free. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that that wasn't great. But that that's an older release. <laughs> you don't need and to that's talk why about that. I that that's also what I'll throw in here. That's the downside of if you follow my path of always looking for like cheap deals on eBay from Chinese sellers. Is it's they'll help you, but you don't have as formal a process mm -hmm. uh, as as you would with like a you know a TF source or a big bad. But uh, what I was gonna say is I, I think that. Uh, it proves of the validity of all those projects that there there is like so much uh objective quality between the three of them yeah and um, they're and and then they're subjective quality too yeah which i think would be a whole lot more boring if they were all doing the same thing yeah if it was just like well which one does it the best then I, then i would definitely be there with people who are like is there any purpose to all of these but like the moment i saw how they all transformed uh i feel they all serve you know, uh, purpose as far as like the transforming robot toy medium, which I hmm. still do care about, even though like that's I mean, a lot of people like it. But for right. a lot of folks, it, that's that doesn't justify the existence of all those. 
I mean, it'd be um, a whole lot cheaper for me if they all did the same thing, but you know, I can't. Yeah, save you money. Just pick one. <laughs> That's why I'm kind of. I feel. I feel fortunate in that for whatever reason, the X Transbots ones, partly because of Five Eight Nine doing all you know the work on YouTube to kind of humanize the design process of them. Mm-hmm. I, I really dig them, and I feel okay right now of like them just being my focus. Right. Uh, I I think the DX Nine ones do look pretty cool. But I was really early able to just figure out that I don't want to pursue them right now, and it's made it very simple for me. Uh, <laughs> but especially once they're done, like, yeah. And if I hear that DX9s turned out really well as a, you know, five sum, I'm going to end up looking for. I like the Stunicons too. They were my, some of my first Transformers were the Stunicons. And I just um, like them because cars. <laughs> like, well, one of my <laughs> earliest memories is my mom listening to, like, some Enya album or something. Uh, and me in like the late 80s as like a five-year-old or six-year-old rolling along my stunicons, imagining some kind of battle scene while my mom's listening to an Enya album. I think it was Enya. <laughs> That's a really specific thing. Yeah. <laughs> I have very, spe- not many, but my memories from before I was five years old are very specific. Huh. Uh, Your mom and, is like, also I re- the nicest lady. She is. They're bonus points. That's why yep. we bring. That's why we bring Graham on. Exactly. You want to get on here? Compliment my mom. Uh, <laughs> but no, I have a memory from when I was, I believe, one or two, uh, which freaks really? me out. I don't. Yeah, it really freaks me out that I have a a very visible memory from then. Um, huh. Yeah. The, pro- the bummer is it relates to an, an old nightmare I used to have as well. Well, uh, that's unfortunate. I do remember our old house from before I was four years old when we had the puke green carpet, because that's what the houses were like in the early 80s. That's true. Uh, I mean, puke green's pretty hard to forget, especially in carpet form. That's right. I didn't know why I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that, well, thank you for bringing some on topic. This yes. week's stuff to talk about with me being stuck in this drought and all. <laughs> I also uh, have off topic. <laughs> well, in this podcast, I know you never listened before. I know. But we're... <laughs> We have it at the end. Oh, uh, no. So can... How dare I make that faux pas? So don't forget it, all right? Yeah. That's, that's oh, I got a list. Well, I got a list, too. It's our topic list. The next thing on it is Masterpiece Hound. Now, we're not talking entirely about Masterpiece Hound. All You can throw in your thoughts if you want. But yes, absolutely. They put out a pr- promotional video on Masterpiece Hound, and I want to compliment this video. Uh, it's it's region locked, apparently, which is kind of a bummer, but there's a copy of it on uh, Facebook. And I appreciate how much the Hasbro side of Transformers are getting to appear on camera, clearly in a very curated form. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think very much due to the nature of American corporations. No offense, Matt Graham, with you being in America. But, <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm dealing with many American corporation problems right now, so uh, yeah, I, no offense he, taken. <laughs> I was about to say I hear you, but like literally that would be unreasonable <laughs> of me to say I live in Canada. Uh, but... Uh, you know, it, the Hasbro videos have to be curated. They have to watch what they say because of the, you know, the shareholder interest they are representing and etc. Uh, this, this video out of Takara Tomy with one of the team members who worked on MP47 Hound is so candid. Uh, it has best stop, way. <laughs> yeah, it has stop motion in it that feels like good but amateur YouTube stop motion. It's candid like a Japanese TV interview. Uh, and it's, it's also candid, kind of like a YouTube video. It feels like a thing I'd watch on YouTube. Uh, yeah. and it, 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 again, it humanizes 
this team who worked on on Hound, and it really like this is the bummer. I don't think we're ever gonna get this fan subbed, and I really mm. would like it to be fan subbed. I'd like to know what he's saying. And it's a I shame because the yeah, dude is I, charismatic as hell. <laughs> yeah, he, he's really he's laid back and cool. He's laughing about stuff, and I can infer that the nature of Hound's tires is something i don't know if it's a bug on his shoulder or something there's something about them though they are the focus of the first third of this video and he breaks down laughing about something at some point uh <laughs> and then pulls out last night hound and says hey look he doesn't have to do it yeah because he's showing he's showing how hound's animation model has ridiculously thin arms and legs and also has no wheels on him so they all have to disappear and so it's like in order to make the tire the tires disip- that disappear into his legs happen, those wheels have to fold into rectangles, but also to then roll. fit into his yeah, but also <laughs> roll to fit into his legs. And then he shows last night he, he says he says literally TLK series hound, uh, and he's like, look, these wheels just turn into feet; they just fold open. And I'm like, I really want to know if he's just complaining. <laughs> Because I think it'd be really cool if they just let the design uh, design team member go like, this was hard, and god damn it, this, <laughs> this other one's wheels just turn into his feet. It's a better use of mass than just making them have to disappear. Why were uh, the movie it, designed simpler for once? <laughs> yeah. It, it is a cool look at the transformation. I think that, that, that wheel trick looks super cool. You mentioned when you when took a look at this uh, before we were recording, mm-hmm. like, clearly the rear wheel also collapses, but they, they got all the wheels to have a, a pretty decent look considering all the seam lines that are on them. Yeah, considering that uh, back wheel looks like it folds about five times, I'm surprised that it still looks like a wheel-ish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think on the, on the rolling wheels part of what... On the back wheel, less so, because there's a cut right in the tire, but on the right. rolling wheels, the cuts on the tires seem to kind of blend into the treading, and then the hubcap central area is a mass itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the, the frame by frame of how this goes through. It's really cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's really impressive, and like the just seeing all the different transformation details and how everything works on it. Like, I'm all on board for Hound now, even though I'm not much of a fan of Hound as a character. <laughs> I think that it helps to hear a designer acknowledge how how oddly ridiculous Hound's robot mode model is. Yep. <laughs> um, and that's not even mentioning like his his deranged shoulder or you know setup. Or he uh, this canvas backpack. <laughs> yeah, so they also dis- they also showed that like the canvas piece. A, I really like that we could hear the plastic noise of him just pressing the canvas down onto the jeep. Um, <laughs> that that actually put a lot of confidence in me that you can't just slap that thing on there. Uh, and he showed how you can use it as shield, but then he also showed that you can stick it onto Hound's back if you want him to have a funny looking turtle shell. Yep. Or if you uh, want him to have a shield that will be completely useless. <laughs> Yeah, hey guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to block all these incoming shots with a highly flammable material that won't actually block anything. I really want to know if he said something about the idea of using that as a shield. Uh, <laughs> be great. Like, just given the nature of, of, of you know, the, the tone of this whole video. But uh, if you haven't checked out the video, please check it out. The, the mirrors via TFND on Facebook. It's on the front page news item on TFW. It's, I think, a very worthwhile video to watch. I... Really would like it if someone could translate it. If someone already has, then that's excellent. The linked thread seems to just be the MP Hound thread. Because I scrolled down to see if there was any anything to enlighten me on this, and it's just people talking about masterpiece toys. Yeah. So, wow, that'd be a chore to dig through. I don't want to because 
<laughs> no offense to anyone. It's just that the, right now when it comes to Masterpiece, when we hit what, what what you could call one of the default topics, it is they're too expensive and there's too many of them. And I'm kind of like, neither of those statements are incorrect by, by nature, but <laughs> I don't. I like that there's too many of them and they're expensive because I think they're using the budgets well, so I, I don't yep. have anything to add to that. <laughs> and I mean, they're still not as expensive as some third-party ones, just saying. <laughs> well, third-party third toys are also going down, too. Like, the, yep. the whole the whole weight shift going on is interesting. But, uh, Graham, have you got any other thoughts on Hound you want to drop, just in general? Uh, he looks super good. Like, it's just this continuing theme of the cars in masterpiece although he's a jeep so whatever but uh the it, cars and yeah that. yeah exactly they just look good there's just something about them that has them a leg up on even a lot of the third party offerings for me that there's kind of this indefinable charm to them i don't i don't mm -hmm. really know how i'd describe it but is uh, it in the look or in in some of the engineering or I think it's a little bit of both, but it's definitely the look. And then getting these sort of designer videos where we get to find out, like, the insane amount of engineering and thought that went into these things just to make them work in their impossible cartoon models. Yeah. yeah. I think, for me, like, I would agree about the charm, but really specifically in the engineering. I think there's uh, something about, especially these cartoon ones, um, you know, mm -hmm. nothing against the Hasui era, but... The Hasui era, I feel like you could still make a lot of comparisons to third-party toys. The the right the, the, when we moved into like like I'll always say, Masterpiece Thirty Six Megatron and Sunstreaker and Hound, like the you know this era of mm. these G One toys or G One animation model toys. There, there's a certain thing, there's a flavor to their engineering that is like absolutely indelibly Takara Tomy in this very positive way to me. Uh, there's yeah. a even when they're complicated, there's something. There's something about them where it's just all the parts will fit themselves together. It's really hard to describe in words, and I, I love it. And I still feel like it's it's the leg up that the official masterpiece line has is this uh, tactile intuitiveness, even in the face of, you know, people say like, oh, my God, Masterpiece 36 Megatron better set an evening aside to transform him. And to be quite honest, like once you know how he works, I feel like he's a really fast transformation. He is. Uh, I got so used at least, to it, at least for. Yeah, like like for what he is, to be able to have it turn so smooth so quickly is what they're bringing to the table. Yeah, it's uh, and almost, I'm, I'm hoping Hound is one of those, too. Yeah, and it's almost like they have this sense of, like, whimsy and fun behind them. That, mm. you know, how you can kind of feel like some third-party companies are designing it because they kind of have to, and they have a design language that they got to stick to, where Takara is just kind of letting them do whatever, and it's working pretty well. Yeah, like like Takara Tomy's approach to animation model stuff is like like if they're if they're leaving a weakness in, they're allowing a lot of panel lines on the vehicles and they're okay with backpacks. It's like mm -hmm. those if you're gonna bullet point some cons, that's like Takara Tomy's low end. Right. But then the payoff is that they're just letting them go they're letting them go nuts with the transformations, uh almost thematically, if that makes sense. Like like right. Megatron having the same and and like in the design notes saying we tried to have the same parts turn into the same gun parts that are you know on the robot mode or mm -hmm. with optimus they're like we need to we need we want to have the blue truck parts be the blue legs and vice versa but we also need to move some truck mass to the upper mass so we're going to have those blue parts almost like turn inside out yeah uh, 
to go to the upper mass. So, yeah, there's some whimsy is a nice way to put it, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just but, working yeah. real well for him right now, and I hope it uh, keeps going. Well, guess what? Oh, oh, did I Segway. make a good transition? Look at me. It's going to keep going because I so someone mentioned this to me that I had said, well, at least there can't be another masterpiece reveal before the guess what? There's another masterpiece <laughs> reveal. And and it's another beast. And guess what? It's another Beast Wars one. But also, guess what? It's not even CG Beast Wars. No. Nope. MP48. <laughs> MP48. The MP After Hound is Lyo Convoy. Animation accurate Lyo Convoy. Uh, and let's let's. I would really like to just sink into like. There's lots you can say about this figure. I want to sink mm-hmm. into one very big thing right now. Yes. Animation accurate for Beast Wars two means the animal mode has parts that look fully organic that then turn cybernetic when they become robot kibble and they did it on lyo convoy and you can see how they did it this is like studio half-eye technology now this is what they did on their um oh i forgot the there's a studio half-eye release it's a robot with big like piston arms and he turns from blue to red basically and there's a pink lady robot that like goes inside of him and i forgot what his name was but i know what you're talking about but i can't remember the name Yeah, they, they designed it, uh, that figure, so that he could actually physically transform from red to blue by just having every single outer panel on the body flip inside out. Uh, mm. And so Lyo Convoy's lion face and lion mane, every part of it flips inside out. You can see <laughs> the other side if you, if you look inside his shoulder pad. Just I think it's inc- <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. I, I, and... Uh, that is a perfect example of where I'm like, hey, when these these do cost a lot now, but I think they're making use of that money every time. I don't think they've just arbitrarily raised the cost. It's like this no. may, may have been a cheaper masterpiece at some point who would have had one type of lion uh, aesthetic. Like, and s- I mean, compare this to Sideswipe when you want to talk about transformation complexity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that and the thing we were talking about before, where when current Takara Tomy gets complex in Masterpiece, it's also not uh, Fiddle Factory complex. It's right. It's got a through line. And, like, this this whole Lion Man, right? Like, when I look at it, I'm also noticing, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like all those inside-out flippity parts, that's a step you do almost in isolation. Like, that thing's just on one shoulder. It looks like it, yeah. So, I mean, we don't know how he transforms entirely, and, and obviously, the farther back the lion or the farther down the robot you go, the less things really have to transform. <laughs> uh, like the back of the arms. Yeah, like, he's like he's got that whole, like, A, the animation model, I guess, did cheat in, in some way, I can't remember. Maybe, maybe this is actually a mess up on their part, that, like, the arms just have to chill out there, but uh, <laughs> from the waist down, he's got that Optimus Primal thing going on of, like, I just gotta kind of stand up. And then and maybe gr- flip out a heel spur. Yeah. <laughs> like, just pop some heels and stand, make the red bits come out. Uh, yeah. Because, I mean, the, the lion mode is is cute. Uh, yes. I don't think it's going to be very poseable. I don't think it's going to really do a ton. Like, it's got joints. I should I should say it's mm-hmm. it's articulated. I don't think you'll have a lot of poses you could put it in. You uh, admire easily. the luscious locks, and that is what you do with that mode. Yeah, like, like, here's where I might be wrong, is maybe it makes use of some of the robot shoulder jointage so the front legs can splay out some more. Uh, I'm mm. not really sure yet. I uh, could see how they could maybe 
like throw out a partial head rotation on there just looking Possibly. at the front on shot of the line oh, mode you know what because i think that head does rot like when it spins around it does so sideways mm. so i bet you you can make him look left and right yeah it uh, looks like that is possible maybe yeah, I mean, I mean, the focus of at least I think for a lot of people, the big focus right now is the fact that the friggin' main does all that stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think actually those those lion arms stuck on the backs of his robot arms are probably going to be the biggest problem. Uh, one of these rear views, like you can see just how much real estate those things yep. are taking up. It's the biggest problem uh, I've got with it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, I probably should have gone to look. For, I don't know if that's animation model accurate. I'm not saying that's a that, that makes them good. I would, I would just find that to be a frustrating reason why they're like that. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, yeah, I, 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 maybe the whole budget went into the main. <laughs> that would bum me out because while it's all stuff flipping inside out, like to a certain point, like there's a there's a linearity to that where I'm kind of like, I hope that's not actually where all the <laughs> the developments. <laughs> like he's got, you can see his 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 elbow joints have got ratchets and stuff. He's probably mm-hmm. going to be a very solid piece. He's the same height as uh, Masterpiece Primal, uh, which is great because they are buddies. Um, yep. They've hung out once. Best buddies. Uh, that's right. Uh, also, with with Masterpiece Beast Wars, there's always the question of, oh, how many redecos can they possibly do? Well, guess what? Lyo Convoy has like 18 canonical redecos, so you're <laughs> you're all set with this boy. Um, yeah. I'm still into him. I think he's going to be... Uh, hopefully he will just be a dead solid action figure in robot mode despite the the junk on his arms mm-hmm. um i'm definitely not thinking he like i think he's really a transformation gimmick more than anything else i might right. I, i'd like to be wrong and i think a lot of it's going to come down to what else he comes with too yeah yeah we don't know the accessories at all um <laughs> maybe let's <laughs> give him a lyo junior as well like here we made <laughs> part of magna boss to go with them uh well he, we do know he's coming with artemis that was yeah. kind of one of the new things revealed <laughs> so we know uh, one which, of the accessories <laughs> so yeah he, actually yeah he's coming with an action figure uh <laughs> an entire action figure of artemis and i mean maybe they'll make a masterpiece moon that goes with them too that's really stretching it there <laughs> that's horrifically stretched. I don't think if they were to, do, I think there's a decent chance they're going to do a moon. I don't think there's a decent chance it's going to come with this figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost would suspect that moon might be something if they do moon that would come with one of the redecos just to be real bastards about it. Yeah. <laughs> like be Galvalio like, convoy with moon. Be like, here's the puke green repaint of Lyo convoy. Oh, by the way, moon comes with it. Yeah. yeah, that's what like Engelmaw's energy Lyo convoy. We got we got Flash Lyo convoy. We got Galva Lyo convoy. We got they could probably figure out some kind of Engelmaw's Engelmua energy thing. That was this very silly name for an energy thing. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> was a silly yeah. era. This this is ridiculous. They are they are dipping before they even finish season one of Beast Wars, which we all thought they were going to do. Before they do a version three Starscream that we all thought they were going to do. They're heading straight into Beast Wars 2 Lyo Convoy. I am super cool with this. I like an unpredictable masterpiece line. Yeah. Uh, it gives us some real weird stuff that I'm totally on board for. Yeah. I I don't know if I'm going to necessarily pre-order him, although if he's expensive enough and then Amazon Japan's discount is big enough, I might just do it on, like, Reflex. It might probably be one shouldn't. of those things where I'm probably going to impulse buy him at some point, but I don't think I'm pre-ordering him. Yeah. 
Uh, he's he's definitely he's definitely this is masterpiece now hitting its absolute utter niche peak. I think. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how popular Beast Wars 2 ever was everywhere. So I I'm, I want to know the story behind this thing. <laughs> this seems like a passion project. Yeah. Unless I might be I might be underestimating Beast Wars 2's um popularity in Japan and and in China, but it was that designer's well, reward for making the wheels work for Hound was that he got to make Lyo <laughs> <Yeah>. Convoy. <laughs> we'll do that thing you had on the whiteboard for the last 2 years. <laughs> Never ask us for a favor again. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Masterpiece Lyo Convoy, that's happening. Uh, also, I'll just throw it off, off on the side. We got new stock photos of Omega Supreme from Siege. There's nothing, I, I don't feel there's much else to say other than that it confirms most of the stuff we'd seen already, that he is full of features and, and whatnot. And he is a uh, big boy. He's a very big boy with ankle tilts. Makes me so happy because mm-hmm. um, you need those ankle tilts when you're that big. We learned that from Metroplex and 4Max. Did we ever? Uh, <laughs> Graham, since you've never talked about Omega Supreme on this podcast, quickly, oh. like, how are you feeling about that Siege Omega Supreme? Is that something you're thinking about? or you Oh, I just... already have him pre-ordered, so yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I hard thinking about him. All right. Yeah. No, uh, ever, ever since he got announced, I'm like, well, I... Yes, I'm getting that because I think I might be line complete on Siege just because I like what they're doing with the line. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been real fascinating seeing some of the absolutely out of left field stuff like Galaxy Convoy all of a sudden coming out, and uh, that that Omega Supreme looks really good. Uh, I appreciate everything that they crammed into that thing. Yeah. Um it looks like he'll be real good and. Uh, you know, being the kind of person that I am, uh, him and Jetfire are pretty high on the list right now. Jetfire recently popped up on Amazon Canada on a discount pre-order. And so I I jumped all over that. I forgot what the number was now, but I'm pretty sure it's less than than the retail cost. Uh, I wonder if that's still in my history. It is. I wonder if it's still on sale. It is not! Oh, oh. boy, that went up. Uh, good thing I pre- right now. Oh, it's it's actually through no, it's through Amazon CA, but they want 116 Canadian now Oof. on pre-order for it. <laughs> uh, I snuck in one for 90 Canadian. Knew you. Uh, well, all I can say is, I mean, I I don't know. Am I allowed to slander someone who's obscenely rich on this podcast? Oh, of course. Okay, yeah, screw Jeff Bezos. I had to deal with him personally. That is dude's... anyone going to come to Jeff Bezos' defense <laughs> anywhere in the world, in life, about anything? Probably not. Listen, uh, I had to deal with him in person, and he's just terrible. <laughs> it was it was almost comforting. Not comforting, because it's a negative thing overall. But hearing it confirmed that I don't have to figure out why he's actually a nice person was, you know, a nice weight <laughs> off my shoulders. You know, we can just agree Jeff Bezos sucks. Yeah, uh, and and use his service because he took over the world. So yep, and he took over the city that I live in. So <laughs> I have no choice. Yep, we live in City Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I live in Prime City. That's what it's going to be called now. I I can't, I can't boycott his business because then I can't eat. <laughs> that's he sells what all the it food. is. <laughs> like he owns Whole Foods now, and that's like every grocery store downtown. And he also yeah. owns actual Amazon grocery stores. <laughs> yeah, and then you're gonna be like, "No, nah, I want to grow groceries in my backyard." And it's like, oh, Jeff Bezos just bought all of the food seeds. Yeah, all the plants. If you want to buy plant seeds, you got to get them from Jeff Bezos. Now he also owns Lake Union, so good luck getting water. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> 
I'm going to just yeah. continue hiding up here in my country and uh, get pillaged by Jeff Bezos as well. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that there was masterpiece talk. We yeah. did it. We did. Uh, that's yeah. It's exciting. Um, I think it, it's also. I find it hilarious that Hound's uh, release date means like technically yes, one more masterpiece release crammed into 2019, but it's like literally on New Year's Eve or something. So, yeah. and I as mean, far as I'm concerned, he's a 2020 toy. And I mean, at least it's not March of next year for the video game industry. Busy. Yeah. It's just, it's just Masterpiece Toys. And you know what I've seen proven so far? Ever since forever, very, I've, I still can't think of a Masterpiece Toy from the last, like, five years that I would call impossible to find at a reasonable price. Yeah, you've always been able to find them for reasonable afterwards. Yeah. It's no big deal. So, like, like I, I, I kind of get in hot water for this now and then, but I'll just say, like, if you are sweating it because there's just so many Masterpiece Toys coming out, and you think they look pretty cool, and you'd like to collect them, but it's hard. They're not going to become relics to hunt down uh, over time if you miss the release date. Um, yeah. Mandarake is, is chock full of them. I have a bookmark, because I still really want to pick up that chromed Masterpiece Megatron with the toy head. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, even, th- even though I have the original and the two best high-end knockoffs, because uh, it's the chromed one with the toy head, and it turned out really well. So I've got it bookmarked, or at least the alert set on, on Mandarake, one shows up on there for around 20k yen for under 200 US constantly. Mm. Uh, so it's 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 going to be fine if you want to collect these like more slowly over time. If only I was that lucky with them across Delta DX Gogans, but you know. Well, no, no. Okay, those are those are a different line by <laughs> made by sadists, and th- those things. Yeah, I got alerts set up for those too. Guess what? Alerts never go off, right? Uh. Or the friggin' Kairos. Which is now peaked. It's like 45k yen. That's under 450 US. Yeah. For one that's broken on Mandarake. Yep. I was lucky enough to get the pre order for that, but I didn't get a pre order for Chuck. So guess I'm going hunting for that one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know what, though? You got the Kairos. You're fine. Chuck, <laughs> you're going to maybe pay a $20 premium on top of him, uh, his original MSRP. So you'll be paying close to like. I'm going to ballpark you can find Chuck for 22k yen if you act as soon as he comes out and start looking. Hmm. Uh, Arad obviously did spike, but Arad has got that whole armor set that caused him to spike. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll be fine finding a Chuck. You might not find him for like 18k yen, but I think you'll find him for definitely 22k yen. I mean, it's certainly easier than finding the Kairos. Uh. Yeah. That's some Macross talk, by the way, for all those of you in the know. People, people will have my back on this one if, or I think people have my back if I say you're fine. You got the Kairos, but you know we'll <laughs> see. The Kairos was a Tamashi web exclusive that no one really thought was going to be hard to find because it was the troop builder uh, that barely and it was, and it was appeared. A, well, it was the troop builder barely appeared, and it was retool parts. So it was like this perfect recipe for like, oh, they'll just do a regular release with a different deco that isn't that specific like demarcation number you know and then it never came out mm-hmm. and nope. then it became super expensive yep <laughs> uh and now nobody anyway, can have one <laughs> that would have been an excellent segue into off-topic stuff but before Listen we do to that questions 
we have a listener question. This oh, one boy. comes from Requiem Prime, who says, Hello, WTF crew. I was checking out MMC's impending Guzzle Brawn pack and noted mm. that the skeleton didn't look like the transformation would be very complex. I remember a time when that would have annoyed me, but instead, I hoped that would mean it would be a simple affair. That got me thinking. I'm still so fond of smart engineering that I give points when it borders on intimidating, but... I'm a lot pickier when on the other end of the spectrum. I want it to be simple enough that I can go back and forth with ease, like I'm playing Devastation, but I still want engagement and enough deformation to say that they're not just lying down. Then I had my epiphany. I'm more demanding because that's what I'm more down to pick up and mess with on a whim. Have you guys ever thought about what you look for in either end of complexity, uh, or how it affects your collecting instincts versus your actual play? This connects with me a whole lot, and... Uh, We've also talked a little bit about this in this very podcast. Oh. We said words like whimsy. But uh, before I start yelling about it, Graham, how, how do you feel about this question? How do you react? Like, when you think about both the simple and the complicated end, the gray zone in between, does it dictate a lot of your decisions, or are you more focused on, like, the end results of, of the transformation? Well, I mean, Chris knows me fairly well that I'm completely fiscally irresponsible, so I will buy oh, 100%, most things. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So like, I will. Hey, Graham, what's going on? <laughs> oh, I just bought a, the twelve hundred dollars of third party toys. I'm just making up a number. You haven't bought twelve hundred dollars. Let's not go there. Uh, so yeah. I made um, up twelve. I, he does not buy twelve hundred dollars of third party toys regularly. I'm giving him what do they call it? Uh, I, I'm busting uh, balls is what I'm doing. Yeah, that's uh, the phrase. Yeah. <laughs> so complexity, I like a good complex toy, but I also like a simplified toy. I can appreciate big chunky tank boy Megatron from Cyberverse, because that thing's amazing. But I also appreciate things like uh, the Revenge of the Fallen Optimus mold. Like it, 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 it doesn't factor into whether I'm going to buy something or not. What factors in is do I think it looks good and will it break immediately when I touch it? And you know, it, that that's about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah for me it's it's kind of like now that we are in this world of having so many choices that i wish maybe we collectively as a fandom were a bit more um picky not picky i was gonna say thankful for but like i don't want it to be like that we're kowtowing at the feet of people making toys but like right. we, we are spoiled for choice right now and i, I boy are we ever <laughs> yeah and I, I, sometimes i feel like the fandom entity on the broad strokes level is losing sight of how lucky that is mm -hmm. but uh, I, I just discovered that I've I've been getting better at, at identifying if I think I'm going to actually enjoy the figure past the first day. Because on day one, I like a lot of things if they wow me. Because day one, I'm just like, this is discovery. This is like, what is this? This thing does this thing, too. His arm reshapes into this weird thing for the vehicle mode. That's incredible. Um because I, I, much like Requiem Prime was describing, I kind of like a, a spot in between where there's complexity... Uh, that comes hand in hand with a certain level of intuitiveness. I don't need it to be right. fast uh, necessarily. So I think I think Requiem Prime is describing simplicity that also allows for speed. But like, well, MP36. Not, or go good. Yeah, not complexity for complexity's sake. Like a lot of the Revenge of the Fallen line ended up being. Yeah, but but like I'm I'm even okay with something that's complex and will take like 15 minutes to transform if mm -hmm. all the steps feel intuitive while I'm right. going through them. Um, so like, like examples I'd think of MP36 Megatron is not mm -hmm. a quick transformation per se, but I don't feel like I'm treading water and worried I'm going to break something or mess something up on the way through. Like to me, it's just, it's a flow. And, yeah. uh, I think that the, um, 
who was it? Unique Toys Movie Optimus. Uh, oh, that thing is so good. Yeah, I forgot it's 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 third party name now. Um, I don't know something ridiculous. Because there's a bunch of not the Toy World ones, but the Unique Toys one who who does the the Movie Four Movie Five Optimus transformation. Yeah, the night. That's Optimus. another one. Yeah, it's it's not a fast transformation by any means, but having done it so many times in a row, like it, there is just flow to that transformation. I think that's what I need is I need tactile flow and intuitiveness, even in complexity. Yeah, uh, I mean, a perfect example of that is how the doors on that Optimus fold away into his chest for robot mode. Yeah, like they're and they're even if I remember right, they're even on like there's a ball joint involved in that. Yep. Uh, which is that that is a, a red flag to me of something not being intuitive because ball jo- sticks with ball joints on the ends usually means the complexity I don't like. But with, with that Optimus, like that's also, I think, the only ball joint involved in the transformation. And it's just so you can swivel the door over a hill, basically. Yeah. Um, or get, you get it over a little wall and it's the ball got joint a very allows you to... defined space to go. Yeah, which I think it, is what puts it over the top. You're not you're not having to also align tabs on this infinitely tweakable ball joint. Right. Uh, so, yeah, like I I, I, th- I just think I would classify all of it under the term flow. Uh, mm-hmm. That is, a, I think, a good catch all. But definitely like that. That is why, for instance, like with the fans toys, um, anything really they put out, like I need to wait for someone to, to get it and say whether or not they hired someone I like to work on it because some of the people fans toys work with make transformations I despise. I don't want to even lay hands on because it's just there's an there's an anti flow to them. Yeah. Uh, and then like their Skyfire definitely has flow. I just recently transformed him again after like a year. And I was like, I remember how this works because this has flow. Whoever worked on this, I hope worked on Road Kings. It seems like someone they work with is really good at this. And I wish other that people certainly aren't. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're good at getting the shape to change is what I'd say. I don't want to say they're not good at it because, like, there's ways you could easily say that that's not true. But, mm-hmm. but boy, howdy. Like, the, the the Season 3 G1 character lineup they've worked on is just, like, a whole lot of stuff I don't like. It's a uh, chore rather than something fun. And then it's, like, it's that and there are repercussions from that unfun chore that limit parts on robot modes. And and so I'm like I'm lim- the, the robot mode's limited for a transformation that's no good and that really bums me out. Uh, yeah, I'm just glad so, Road King was so good. <laughs> yeah, I still got to I still got to mess with with uh, hard return dot net Ian Reeds's. Uh, I I really like what I see in that figure. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish he wasn't close to 300 Canadian because it would be way easier to to impulse buy him, but he is very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is. But you're talking to the king of, uh, well, I'll just throw money at that. <laughs> I mean, as I alluded to before, Graham once just threw, like, what, $8,000 one day? Uh, uh, it was, it was to, closer to twelve, twelve, twelve hundred thousand dollars one day. Yep. At, uh, buying... I live in Seattle. How do you think I can afford living here? <laughs> <laughs> the thing, here's the reality check for me with, with not just with Graham, but friends of mine who suddenly have a whole bunch of things and I start going like, wait, how do you keep getting all this? And then I'm like, wait, there's a whole lot of things that you've never talked about that I, I am now realizing you probably don't own, which yep. balances it all out. <laughs> I can't uh, buy all the things, Chris. That's just not realistic. <laughs> I want to listen. Listen, we're out of that era of YouTube now, but there was a period on YouTube where I had to realize there are folks who think that you just can buy all the things. 
Oh, the uh, stolen Chinese era. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, they still they still sometimes toys float around out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't actually have any contacts for them, but then I see people say, "Does anyone have a contact for this?" And I see someone reply to them and lay out prices, and I'm like, "Holy moly, that still is a thing." Uh, <laughs> but that is also answering a listener question. I hope that answered your question. Requiem Prime. Uh, which uh, now, quite properly, along the lines of my mental timeline that I was hoping for, we're doing good time here. We're doing we good are. time. Here. Your 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 review on this one is management will like this. You're gonna Excellent. you're gonna get good marks on this one. Well, at least management will uh, like something I do. Yeah. Oh boy, that's beef. That sounds like big salty <laughs> beef. <laughs> that is a cask of salted cured beef, sir. Speaking of off topic. <laughs> We're not going to talk about your your beef, but we're going to talk about stuff we got that's off topic. Hooray! Uh, Why don't you like... start? Since I dropped a whole load of on topic first. Oh boy, it's coming right over to me. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've got anything new really to talk about. Oh. I, uh, I I actually I I started doing some painting with them contrast paints. Uh, well, if we want but... to start talking about in progress stuff, like one of my off topic things is in progress. We can we can totally do that. Yeah, I, I uh, painted a Tyranid with some of them contrast paints, and I really dug it. Uh, they definitely are not magic paint. I think that Games Workshop definitely marketed contrast paint as being magic paint, uh, mm. which uh, means I, I'm not necessarily against a lot of the critique it's, it's receiving. I am against the critique people are receiving for liking it uh, that I've seen on Facebook pages, but uh, they are very useful uh, the, in, in the right scenarios, uh, you got something that's got a lot of texture contrast paints are your friends, although you should probably go find a chart to f- discover which contrast paints are very opaque and which ones are not quite as opaque. That's uh, something that should have been on the pot on the paint yes. pot. And if I uh, did miniatures in the slightest, this would be fascinating. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, I also primed up. I, I I had this monster apocalypse starter, and I, I used to I used to really like that game way back in the day in version one. And so I finally assembled and primed and started painting my monster apocalypse starter. So that's mm. giant robots I'm working on. I was very briefly going to figure out how to make them all Transformers color schemes, and then guess what? A lot of people have already done. <laughs> Transformers color schemes. So, like this, this, this faction guard, right? They're the ones with uh-huh. giant robots and tanks and jets. Like someone, I saw a really cool actually guard setup where someone did all the jets as seekers and cone heads, and then did the two giant robots as Starscream and Thundercracker. And mm. I was like, that looks really cool. Well, I'm not gonna uh, talk uh, that. So I'm, I'm just <laughs> going for slipstream color scheme in general. I'm like, I, I like, I like turquoise and purple. So it's a good color scheme. Yeah, I'm, I'm going, I think I'm going turquoise, purple, orange for a lot of my stuff these so days. So speaking of that color scheme, uh, the winner of the GT Amateur Class in Le Mans had a Ford that was later disqualified, but this is here, there, here nor there. That was a purple, orange, and white color scheme, and it looked fantastic. I'm Ooh. all for that. They disqualified it because the the white wasn't painted in orange afterwards to make use of that good bright undercoat. More like they cheated, but also yes. <laughs> I mean, hey, basically the same thing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah, I, uh, I've, I've been looking around. At, I, I've been eyeballing some things when I've been walking around, but like, there's just not much out right now off topic that I'm really after. Mm. I've got stuff that's like in the mail, but it hasn't shown up yet. Uh, sitting in you a know private what? warehouse. That's that's right. Well, I got hit with a friggin' <laughs> I hit one of those deadlines on that thing, and then like oh yeah, 
a candy toy thing got shipped to me by itself, and then another thing was another one day deadline away. So I was like, nope. So I, uh, I actually, so I got, I got some candy toys. I got Soto stuff, but I've talked about it a whole lot. Mm. Uh, good common rider line. I got the SH Fig Arts um, Brie Larson Captain Marvel. Oh, how did uh, that turn out? Because her face looked real off. So I'm in a weird position. I still haven't seen Captain Marvel, uh-huh. and she's not in Infinity Endgame a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what she looks like enough to care about the, or to react, I should say, to the face sculpt. It looks a lot like a sculpt of a person more than an actual person, if that makes any sense. Yes, it, uh, it's an, it's a facsimile rather than actual. Yeah, I, I don't think it looks bad. I just think it, it looks very middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Um the face printing they used on on that one, the only real effect I'm seeing is in the eyes, uh, and I think that's what's affecting her, is that a lot of her facial shading is not there. It's just, you know, a painted toy. Oh. Um, the helmeted, if that's the right word, head with the mohawk looks way better because it's, you know, I wish I liked that helmet. Uh, I, I got no opinion. I still haven't watched Captain Marvel. I think the helmet's like, okay, but with the nature of that mohawk, I got to see it in motion. Right. Uh, the movie I saw her in, she don't got that helmet. So the other <laughs> bummer is the helmet head has a little bit of better clearance for articulation. Her hair does not get in the way, but it hovers over the back of the neck in such a way that it's it's tricky to get the upper neck ball joint to do everything I want it to. Oh, there's so no it doesn't, room to grab it stuff. It doesn't hinder, but it doesn't help. Yeah, it's just it's in the way of letting you make sure you're moving the right neck joint. Um, mm. the, the actual body is fine. It's a good SH Fig Arts body. She's got three pairs of hands. She's got effect parts that can go over her fists. Uh, I think she's fine. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, they've done better likenesses, uh, but this is not a poor likeness. It's just a very middling, like, it's obvious who this is kind of likeness. Right. Uh, was she, was she web shop or was she, uh, oh, she's regular release. Okay. Yeah. That makes, slightly, that makes it slightly better. Yeah, he's not. She's not like a nine thousand yen figure that then has all of these, you know, bullet points attached to her. She's like, I think like five thousand or less. I can't quite remember. Okay, yeah, that's that's a whole lot easier to stomach then. Yeah, she she was honestly she was like like a pruder I'd put in, and then the next day I was like, I'm gonna stop getting Marvel's SH figures because I never feel anything for them after I get them. Mm-hmm. So she's probably my last one unless I can get a good deal on armored Thanos because I still like Thanos's. Uh. But I'm holding off on the rest of them just because, like, I've been collecting them off and on, and then Civil War and Infinity War were the two blocks of them where I was like, I don't feel very much from these, and they're kind of expensive for something I don't feel very much for. Right. I I basically, like, cut back all of the Marvel stuff to basically Iron Man and War Machine. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Captain Marvel's fine. Uh, Hmm. I would would go as far as to say she's good, it's just that her face sculpt is not going to blow you away. Right. Um, and I'm trying to think what else is in it. It was mostly candy toys. I, I've been collecting a lot of candy toys lately. Uh, They're good. But the, I don't blame you. Yeah. It. The Soto Common Rider stuff is incredible right now. Uh, the sticker technology they're using has got to have some vinyl in the mixture because it's just so good. Uh, the way that it, it clings over sculpted detail and then becomes almost like a paint app. Uh, yeah, be real interested to see how they pull off uh, Zio's final form, because I saw that that's all sculpted. Yeah, so they sculpted the silhouettes of all the little rider statuettes on his suit, and then the stickers add a lot of the visual shading and detail. 
And I'm convinced that, like, you get in there properly and maybe even get a hairdryer on there, it's going to look aces. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, other than uh, other than Captain Marvel and some Kamen Rider stuff, uh, I believe that covers the gamut. Oh, no, there was one other Kamen Rider thing. I got, I found on uh, Mandarake, SH Fig Arts, Kamen Rider Zio and Kamen Rider Gates from the current show. Oh, uh, I caught I them the both. for those. I did, too. And then I, I found the same Mandarake had the two of them for, like, 4,000 yen each. Ooh. Uh, and they were in fairly solid, they, they were basically unopened, so I was like, all right, good. Uh, and they are, guess what? It's The pattern has held since Gaim. Uh, Gaim onwards, actually Drive onwards, uh, SH figures of the current show are turning out really damn solid. Oh, uh, those Gaim ones were gorgeous. Yeah, the, the Zio ones are great, and also... Every single watch can be removed and swapped around, but they use a long rectangular peg that is super friggin' solid. Oh, that's better than the Gaia memories on the w- double uh, revive. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they 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 really got it. Uh, and you can you can you can spin the belt if you want to. Like, the, and the articulation on them is very good. Extendable shoulders and uh really good proportions in my opinion uh great use of clear plastic over sculpted stuff for the uh the the optics uh if you can get zeo and gates for a uh, decent price i think they're worth it gates still had the pre-order bonus of the two uh watch uh styled stands mm. uh those stands are some chintzy stuff some real chintzy bandai tamashi stuff it's a clear clamshell it's a good sculpt it's a clear clamshell you get two literal pieces of paper to put in them to, to give them detailing and then on the back there's a piece you can remove to attach a tamashi stage arm if you want to they don't come with stage arms and there's nothing on the base that holds the figure and the base is kind of uneven and greebly and rounded on the edges oh fantastic <laughs> so it's designed for an sh figure arts figure to fall off of uh good i'm, I'm really happy there was a state uh, like an arm peg you could use i'm just like crying out loud give me an arm for this stand <laughs> uh and they can interlock somewhat for, on the sides and that's kind of cool but i'm like unless you start selling packs of arms like i'm really <laughs> tired of getting like things where it's like hey if you have an arm it's all good and i'm like i don't want to buy a pack of stands and have three planks in the box i'm never using for anything because i want the arms uh anyway there's uh, my gripe my yeah. life is so hard Oh, there was an on-topic thing I got, but I didn't open it. That's why I didn't talk about it. Oh, well, there you I don't go. know if I'm going to open it either. I got, I'll just say it. I got it. I found when I was trying to get some Soto stuff, uh, the same Mandarake. You know that FJ Cruiser Optimus? Oh, man. That, the one that with, like, the thing shells? that, like, if you stared at it, it would fall apart. So <laughs> that thing got really expensive. Yeah. Uh, and then they had one on Mandarake that was basically unopened with a dinged box corner for 6,000 yen. Uh, it's got the yellow and the white shells, and they're all still on the sprues, so I kind of just snapped. I was like, I should get it! And then I went to watch uh, P.O. Ben's old video where he talked about the part that breaks easy, and I was like, I need to remember what that part is whenever I open this thing. <laughs> I can't remember what it is anymore, so I have to watch the video again, but it was like just like one part where it's like easy to get it like like hitched on something. Mm-hmm. Uh... So I, I always wished I'd picked it up when it was new and finding one for 6,000 yen felt really good when I went looking around and like even the other ones on Mandarake were like 12,000 yen. Oh, oh. I remember that uh, thing being tiny too. It is very small, but it's it's kind of meaty looking. Like I, I kind of yeah. dig it. 
there's a lot about it I think is cool. I just really wish I could remember more more readily the fragile bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's all that's all that I got. So let's let's bop over to to the Graham station. Well, uh speaking of things with purple, orange and turquoise color schemes, Oh, I am God. in the Are you middle. Tell me about Evangelion. Did you just watch Evangelion? This is going to be a thing again. No, this, no. this week. Evan- We're on Evangelion week, by the way, for yeah. for those who want to time this podcast. No, I'm not. I'm not opening that can of worms. No, we're okay. I am in the middle of building Master Grade Age Two Magnum from Build Fighters. Oh, a Gundam. Well, I yes. mean, that's basically that's basically the same thing. Uh, I am know. a sucker for that color scheme and for the fact that it transforms and has uh, translucent blades. So, uh, yeah. I'm uh, done with the torso, both arms, and the head right now. It's a really good build. Uh, they did a really good job on color separation, too. And there's, oh, nice. like, three stickers on it, I think. How's so, the, uh, what's it called? Do they, do they do undergating? Uh, they do do it for some of the parts. I believe it's some of the purple parts. Okay. Uh, looks pretty good. Uh, I'm excited to finish that. Especially since I just got done with... Uh, what is it? Whatever the hell the crazy Build Fighters 00 Trans Am one is, which has beautiful pearlescent plastic. I'm uh, definitely the person to ask for Gundam names. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Well, talking about head sculpts and one that looks really good, I got uh, Mafex John Wick from John Wick 1. Oh, that's a good toy. I it like that figure. It is so good, and I'm surprised at how good they were able to make his face in that scale, like it, so, so spot on. Let's 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 draw the comparison between him and that Captain Marvel. Now, I think that that mm-hmm. Mafex John Wick's head sculpt, as far as a Keanu Reeves, is roughly in the same realm as as SHF Brie Larson. Mm. It does. It's whereas, and the way I describe it, and this is where I think John Wick gets away with it more. They both look more like what I would say is a sculpt of the character rather than the actor, right? But in in Captain Marvel's case there's how do i put this it it just ends up looking more like a kind of not brie larson well you know, i think it's because like brie larson is kind of more captain marvel whereas john wick is very clearly not what keanu is in real life <laughs> yeah like like it looks like keanu reeves if you look at it the right way like you'll identify mm-hmm. things but it looks almost like they just tried to to go like but what does john wick look like and yes one could then say keanu reeves but <laughs> If you think of, I don't know, if you think about it as far as, like, the set, the small line between a character and a person, I think that, like, Mafex John Wick is a character figure a little bit more, but mm. in a way I kind of like. I'm impressed uh, by the uh, fabric goods on his weapons for the straps, too. Um, those feel pretty good. Yeah, and, and they don't have wires in them, which I yeah. like, because Mafex sucks at wires in fabric. Boy, <laughs> my do experience. they ever. Uh, their, their Darth Vader is currently staring at me right now. And, mm. Yeah, that's is it the Revenge of the... Not Revenge of the... The, the good one. The one Return from, of the uh, Jedi? Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron is the... No, I think I have the Return of the Jedi one. I can never keep it apart, because they very subtly change his suit in all the movies. Yeah, like, as far as... I got... Or not Rogue Squadron, Rogue One. Uh, mm-hmm. Rogue, Rogue One is one of the Vader's, but with better parts from whatever that one Vader was. I think it's the the A New Hope Vader, but with upgrades. Right. Uh, anyway, yeah, I hate the cape on that figure. That cape is terrible. It's the. It's like it's got a wire. That's great. The wire is on two sides, so there are another two sides of the cape that keep 
flopping around and the wire just keeps overpowering them and then the wires are not connected so they start spinning around inside the edges of the cape and it's like mm. i hate it yeah uh, john wick doesn't have that he has straps that's it yep <laughs> and it's good i i thoroughly enjoy this figure my uh john wick 2 mafx is currently sitting in my private warehouse is it and out uh i think he just came out i don't know i'd have to check no he is i, I would have gotten a payment request because he's, okay. he's supposed to be in my private warehouse too. Uh, okay okay yeah so he's not out yet i'm waiting for him to come in i'm interested to see how that one turns out yeah especially the yeah. dog oh I'm, I'm hyped and that's that's the that's the dog that went on an adventure with the concierge i like that dog yeah that's a good dog all dogs are good um anyway moving on uh re-edit iron spider uh yes I've I've always liked the Iron Spider design. I think I like the MCU Iron Spider design more because it actually has eight limbs. Um, but, Nodding. Uh, yeah, but uh, this one's good. My big problem with it is it is not in scale with the rest of the re-edit stuff. It's one six scale. Yeah, and... they, it, so I think I, I might have whined about that when it got pre-orders up on this podcast, but uh, re-edit, I've talked about the Iron Man re-edits, I love them, they're all like 8-inch scale or so. They're so uh, good. And then they announced this re-edit Iron Spider with fabric costume, and I'm like, that looks great, why fabric costume? 1-6 scale. And I'm like, why? Uh... Now it's more expensive than all the Iron Men, and it doesn't match with anything. <laughs> Fit it's in just... with all of them. The other thing I'll say is that this fabric feels like the exact same stuff that they used to make a three zero Legion from Mass Effect, and that stuff tore like pretty early on in his life. So I'm kind of concerned about this. And there's also a piece of sculpting in his crotchular area <laughs> that is a bit odd. Um, I guess. Yeah, crap. Welcome back, everyone, yes. from the Comcast intermission. Yeah, the the very poorly timed intermission, right as I'm talking about Iron Spider's crotch. Um, so I heard, I heard crotch sculpting. Yeah, that's the last thing I heard. So apparently, Spider-Man hangs to the left a little, according to this sculpt. Um, All right, <laughs> it's it's just weird. I think it's like part of how the hips move, but like it is very shaped like that. So this is this is why the fabric costume really kind of I found it a little off-putting is to me part of the feature of re-edit is seeing how all the joints work. Yeah. And I so covering them with fabric to me is is a loss well, basically. And that's the thing is he doesn't have like the weird collapsing panels that the Iron Man have on the back of his legs. His his kneecap spike thing is spring-loaded. So All that right. moves. And then the only other panel that's like that is on the back of his head, so that when you tilt his head up, uh, you know, it doesn't break sculpt up there. But that's it. And it's it's kind of disappointing because we're I'm used to so much better yeah. on the Iron Man. And then the other the other big problem I've got with him, and that's not to say that this thing's a bad figure, it's fantastic, but like when you're paying this much for this kind of thing, you have to get kind of nitpicky um well and and there's this there's a certain pedigree that comes with the the names attached to that figure yes uh, um you know <laughs> and so at the end of his spider arms there's the joint for the kind of claw looking thing you can open the claws up and that's fine but the joint above that that moves that entire claw piece is not ratcheted it's just a friction joint and it's not a very strong one and it's one that you need 
to let him support himself on his spider legs. And I mean, the rest of the joints on the arms are heavily ratcheted. I mean, you can hear him over the recording yeah. there. Like, they, they're very heavily ratcheted. They can hold his weight very well. But then you get to the end of the spider arm, and it's just this kind of flimsy friction joint, which is a bit disappointing. To be honest, if the... Uh, this sounds weird, but if those ratchets weren't in the arms, I think that the qualm about the the joints on the end of the, on the tips would be less of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. But the fact that they put such heavy ratchets in the rest of the spider arms is what makes that all the more disappointing for me. Yeah, I, I would agree. It, it would. I'd find it off putting just because I'd feel like okay, so you could fit ratchets into these diameters then. Mm-hmm. So what's up? What's up down here? Yeah, there's <laughs> there's the potentially clearly load space bearing. for it because there's a lot of real estate in those claw parts at the end of the arm that they totally could have fit ratchets into. But you know, yeah. Um, I have a I have a lot of questions that we'll never hear answers for about that project. Uh, why did it? Why is it a different scale? Why the cloth outfit? Um, what happened to the ratchets such that they couldn't exist in the tips? Why are you doing this whole thing? (laughs) (laughs) It's just a really bewildering project to show up in the midst of, like, this very, um, not, not, like, predictable, but this very clearly defined Iron Man line. Right, and I mean, for you and me, it's, like, doubly disappointing because... I mean, I don't know about you, but I think the last ones I messed with before this were the ones that we messed with at Capital City. Yeah. Yeah. And those yeah, those the, were uh, great, even though that design is just bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, like their re-edit Iron Man is a consistent quality level um, in my experience. I've only messed with about half the line now because I only was following it up through, uh, through Hulkbuster. But... Mm. Like, it's consistent, and it's also consistent with the, you know, two figures in, consistent delivery Flame Toys has been doing with yeah. uh, Kurokara Kuri. So, yeah, the, that Iron Spider, like, just everything about it is is odd to me. Like, I I kind of don't, I don't, I didn't really follow it. Does it say Chemical Attack worked on it on the box? Oh, one second. That is a big question I would have. What's weird is the yeah. box is really different, too, because it doesn't have a window. Uh yeah, you just kind of slide it out. Like, it, there's no, like, even flaps on it. You just slide the whole thing out. I'm seeing no mention of Chemical Attack. Is T-Rex on there anywhere? No, all I got is Sentinel, Marvel, re-edit, 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 re-edit. And let me check the uh, bottom of the box. Are there here. no credits on that toy? Hold on. Checking the bottom of the box very noisily. I'm this sure would explain this, a whole lot to me this very quickly. Fantastic over sound. <laughs> uh, there's a one page instruction sheet that doesn't mention anything. Oh, here we go. This is the bottom of the box. Uh, mm. Direction Yuta Tobari, illustration Hironox, modeling Yuki Nakamura, painter Yoji Hayakawa. So, no, no chemical attack. And no T Rex either. No T Rex, yeah. You know what? That explains everything. Yes, All right. it does. It's, uh, <laughs> there is no... So the pedigree is the re-edit name. So it turns out the re-edit name has now been handed off, is what I'm taking from that. Mm, that's unfortunate. Uh, not handed off. I should say not handed off, but re-edit does not mean Chemical Attack is working on it by default, as as it would with, like... like I think Riobot still means Chemical Attack is working on it. Mm, that's a good uh, point, that, too. That, 
that team, I should say, not like the, there is no per, that's what I learned. There's no person. It's a team, but damn, that's really disappointing also. Cause I'm like, I thought re-edit was a safe haven of, I know who's working on this. Hmm. Um, and yeah, we said, we probably sound a little bit snobby here, but like I was saying, like there's a pedigree is still the word I'd, I'd use when talking about re-edit. Cause because of the fact that it was where you would knew you were getting chemical attack and, or even T-Rex touching stuff. Well, and it was a clearly, it was a clearly defined precedent that's been going yeah. on with this line too, up until and, Lion and Spider. Well, it's one of the rare instances in toys basically where you can actually follow humans who work on the figures as fans of their work. Uh, that's another thing I find disappointing. I, I find that really disappointing about like Sentinel Metamorphose. Uh, is how they position it very similarly to a lot of their other product, but then they're not... They like they're, they clearly know to say Chemical Attack or T-Rex when they get the chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I feel like it's to the point of pu- pushing down a lot of their other teams that they work with. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, alright, well, that explains many things. <laughs> um, so, I have one last thing on topic, and I'm going to link it in the chat here, because you kind of need to see what I'm talking about here. You're going to link it in the chat, because I gotta see it. That's for just in case I need to resync things. That's a peek behind the curtain. There you go. Anyway, so... Uh, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm trying to think of a clever thing to say where I sound like I don't know what a steering wheel is. It's a... Uh, mobile gaming accessory. It's a it's a car circle. It. <laughs> it's a car circle with buttons on. It's sold out. Yes. you don't have this. It says right here. It's sold out. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to that. Um, this is uh, for those of you who don't know. I do a lot of sim racing. Uh, a lot of sim racing, and so I have some pretty high end stuff for sim racing. Uh, I use a type of wheel called a force feedback wheel, so that allows you to feel like oversteer, understeer, bumps in the road, that kind of thing. Long story short. Anyway, Fanatech, which is the company that I buy my stuff from, has a system where you can swap steering wheels off of the actual motor itself so that you can simulate different car types and they partnered with formula one starting last year to do officially licensed formula one steering wheels and so this is the i got the one from 2018 back when it came out i had it pre-ordered lucky enough to get an order in on it because it sold out very very quickly Uh, i think there were only 500 of these that went out but um, it's very realistic. I mean, it's not realistic to current F1 cars because, I mean, we're talking like thousands of dollars if they want to replicate those. But it is good enough for what I'm doing. Now, at the bottom of the page here, it says it's upgradable to podium spec paddles. So what that means is most open wheel cars have three paddles on the back of it that you actuate with your fingers. There's the upshift and the downshift. There is... Uh, one for what's called DRS, which is drag reduction system. It opens the rear wing on a Formula One car. It'd take far too long to explain why that is the way it is. And uh, <laughs> the clutch paddle. So instead of having clutch tied to your foot, it's tied to your hand. Anyway, so this thing was supposed to have come out back in January. And I get an email from Fanatec in January saying, well, due to the high demand of this piece, we're only going to ship it with people who bought like the multi-thousand dollar wheel instead. And even though you've had it pre-ordered since it went up, uh, you're going to get it later. Huh? Ooh, boy. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. They offered no compensation and sent it from a do not reply email address. 
So <laughs> they knew. You know what? If they if if they know they got the clout to be able to do that, then that's that's confidence. <laughs> they knew exactly what they were doing. Anyway, cut to a couple days ago, and it finally gets shipped to me. I get it in hand, and of course I have to assemble it because I have to take the old paddles off the wheel and put the new ones on. And so how these work is they are magnetically actuated. So when you pull it, you're disengaging from the magnet, and you're hitting the switch, and then when you let go, the magnet pulls it back into position. So... In order to mount these paddles to the magnetic actuators, you have to screw in the carbon fiber uh, paddle actuators right there. You can kind of see on the back of it. Um, Mm. And uh, what they neglect to tell you is that the magnets are so strong that when you're trying to screw it in, the magnet will just pull the screw out of your hand and onto (laughs) the magnet while you're trying to screw it in. You know what? (laughs) I thought this was going to go to a worse place. I thought you were going to tell me the one they shipped you had reversed polarities or something. (laughs) But there were eight screws I had to install. And every single time there was at least three times of, all right, I've got this lined up and and it pulled it out of my hand. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Fighting literal magnets. (laughs) Because these are incredibly strong magnets on this. Anyway, I got it in. I got it working. It works perfectly fine. It's really good. Like it, it's probably the best wheel type that I have for my system. I'm happy with it, but boy, was it a process getting this yeah, in. Boy, did this turn into a thing that certainly didn't happen in January. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I finally have it. That ordeal is over, and uh, it, it's quite good. I don't know if it was worth the extra weight, but uh, it, it was wait, good. You have, to, you have to wait a month so you forget about all the problems, and then it'll be like, hey, it's almost August, and boy, have I got the best racing wheel that I could hope for. Uh, well, I mean, if we want to go best racing wheel we could possibly hope for, we're, we're talking like 30 grand. So, uh, yeah, best well, that I, I could feasibly I mean, afford. Yeah, best <laughs> you could hope for, because it's not 30 grand. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, uh, that's kind of it of what I could talk about and off topic. I've got plenty more stuff, but we don't want this to turn into four hours. So, <laughs> no, we just we just need to add one little thing here because this topic, or this subtopic, I should say, oh. reminded me that we've got you on this podcast. We should just ask you. Uh-huh. We, the podcast, should ask you how excellent is Siege Mirage's F one racer styled alien car mode. <laughs> Uh, terrible. <laughs> Just gonna throw but it out there. But specifically, why? Specifically, why? Why would it be terrible? There are oh so many things wrong with it. I could go into hours on how aerodynamics work on an F one car. Suffice it to say. You, you see how his rear wing is just kind of slapped onto his arms, and his arms are just right there, right, yeah. right there. Uh, yeah. Anytime he accelerated past, I don't know, one mile an hour, he would immediately fly up into the air, nose first, and flip himself over. And uh, I would like to watch the cartoon in which that is this mirage is the mirage, and that happens to him constantly. It's just so, so frustrating because I appreciate a good vehicle mode. I am a huge fan of F1 racing and fast cars in general. And then that that 
Siege Mirage caused me physical pain when I saw it for the first time. So what <laughs> What if, right, because we live here on Earth, and the thing is, they're over on Cybertron, which is a different planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if aerodynamics uh, work differently there with all the, the shifted gravity and alien atmosphere and whatnot? What if he actually goes super fast? Because instead of his nose going up, it just goes down even harder. So, uh, so are we talking about, like, the physics laws of the universe just not applying? Well, what if the what if they they apply, but then they are they are the the equation right has variables that are different because it's over on an alien planet, uh, where up is down. Uh huh. Well, he still he's, a, he's an alien he, car. He still wouldn't work because with the way that his front wing is set up, that front wing creates downforce. So if down is up, then his nose would still left off. <laughs> okay, so what if? <laughs> On Cybertron, right? Those wings. What if they're just ornamental, right? And ornamental. they're actually on a mi- on a on a micrometer level. They don't actually have any aerodynamic properties. So uh, they're just made to look that way. So all of his grip is mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it could feasibly work. Although I don't know how slick tires would work in your fantasy universe. And you'd probably also be asking the question: Why do you have these ornamental? F1 style fins then. Right, exactly, because supposedly they don't know about Earth yet. Yeah, so they're ornamental. <laughs> or they're the, because the big brick underneath makes them work on Cybertron because of Cybertronian uh atmospheric wind sciences. That Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could I could hear you I could hear you nodding that you feel me on this one. Can you hear uh, the brain aneurysm I'm suddenly feeling? I can. I've heard those before. It's kind of like a wet crackling. Yeah. Uh, well, Graham, thank you for joining me oh, at this of sort of last last minute request. Because, like, you know, boy, am I a mess. Uh, and uh, thank thank you for for cracking the champagne bottle open on the rotating chair era of the odd number episodes. I'm very happy to do it. You know, it's it's fun. Besides the mentioning of Mirage, it's, it's been fun. I can't I can't let you leave without feeling bad about oh. something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I did drop that hot F1 knowledge in that one thread when he first got announced. Yep. Now, I mean, I, the fact that like we have someone even listening to this podcast who can actually comment from an enthusiast and scientific level on F1 science, it's way more, I think, valuable than just going like, I don't know if I like the block under the fin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of like, why this would not work in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a legitimate critique, as we call it, in the biz, in the business. Uh, if you want to support what uh, Graham S. Layers Hoop uh, oh, is God. up to, uh, twitter.com slash slayershoop, or if you're pronouncing it phonetically, slayershoop. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you can also go check out on YouTube, Electronic Dysfunction. Yes, uh, the thing of, of what the two of us that are trash yeah, what? Why don't you give give me give me that little elevator pitch? What is electronic dysfunction, and why is it on YouTube? So, electronic dysfunction was an idea between myself and a former coworker at my old job. Uh, uh, just doing basic let's plays, which is what we're currently in the middle of. We uh, finished a playthrough of Super Mario Party, where not to spoil it, but I won off of some real suspect ways of winning. Um, Dice rolls. Yes, not even. <laughs> you'll see if you watch it uh we're currently Bribery. doing yeah yeah let's go with that but uh we're currently doing a playthrough of tales of Biseria, which is a real anime ass anime game 
um mm -hmm. and it's played to good effect but uh soon to the channel will be the reason that we actually started it our series faster disaster which we try and replicate speed runs except neither one of us are good at speed runs so that's gonna hey. be interesting <laughs> that's perfect timing with uh sgdq having just kicked off it is uh, and i hope to not even come close to emulating it because then it'll be funny yeah, well, here's the thing, though. Are you going to be actually, like, when you, let's imagine the scenario where you're like, huh, huh speed, I'm going to screw this up. And you actually just do it. You actually just pull it off instinctually. Is that going to be a drop the controller and go look in the mirror moment? Or is that just going to be like a, uh, there, there can't possibly be any repercussions of this. I'm going to celebrate. This is, this is great. Right. So it's very much like that we're going to try like, it's not just that we're going to go, oh, ho, ho, speed runs were terrible. We're going to actually yeah. try, but we know we're not good at it. So we're just going to fail, and it'll be funny along the way. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to get the t-shirt, it's the one that says, oh, ho, ho, speed runs were terrible on the bottom. Yeah, that's that's uh, absolutely that's, it. And uh, That's the catchphrase. You know, just, just to add the shout out to our lovely artists, our channel art is done by the very talented ZeroKazer85 and uh, Mazelby. Both of them are uh, fantastic. Yeah, I want to second that. They are both uh, super solid artists uh, and also well worth following on Twitter. They're fun folks. Absolutely. Uh, and more than reasonable if you need to commission them for anything. Hell yeah. Support artists. God damn it. Please, um, please support artists. And uh, with that, I almost I almost went into stuff that could have gotten me maybe a little bit in trouble about supporting and crediting <laughs> artists. But we all know what I'm talking about. <coughs> Jeff <Elon>. Bezos. <coughs> what? what? Huh? what? Uh, yeah, yeah. Jeff Bezos. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you, Graham, for joining me. And, yes. Uh, well, thank, thank you, you for, all for listening. Me. Oh, no, no worries. No worries. Yes. Uh, be sure, dear listeners, to check out, if you're interested, our TCG podcasting as well. We have an interview with Drew Nolosko that went up uh, some time ago. And more recently, if you're listening to this, uh, close to when it came out, uh, we have uh, just a simple TCG podcast with Aaron uh, getting a little debrief on his time at Origins. So uh, hit them up if you're interested. Those, and uh, otherwise, oh, what are you, uh, you, I was you interested? Say, you and those dirty, dirty bug decks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we got TCG podcasting. We got we got other podcasting. And hey, now that we have a flex slot, uh, someday if I ever get my nonsense together, the other boon of this flex slot is that this could be a place occupied by just topical podcasts that we used to do that I no longer really had time to do. Um, remember when we used to talk about comic books? <laughs> that was a long time ago. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we'll talk to you all later. And uh, until then, please stay safe or something. 